Hello and welcome to Gentlemen of a Certain Age podcast. My name is Paul Keegan and to my right is... Ian Clinton. And to my left is... Where Miles Taylor should be. Uh, Miles is unfortunately sick tonight so he's not going to be part of the podcast. Um, Tonight we were supposed to talk about the Eurovision Song Contest. However, something quite big has come up. Uh, out of absolutely nowhere, Ian. So, uh, do you want to fill fill in, fill us, fill us in on that? Well, after saying that there wouldn't be a general election in England for a set amount of time, so that both camps could build up and actually front a proper assault, um, they've decided to have a general election. They said it would be seven weeks after they declared it, um, because of the polls and the ratings, and because, well, quite frankly, it's just a dick move. Um, now, we we set out in our agenda that we weren't going to be political in our. Um, ne- we were never going to be political in this podcast. So it's we difficult. Well, what the right now it's difficult. But I mean, we will never show our political leanings. I think in this podcast, we should never express our political leanings. However, however, we're going to get this out of the way. Um, yeah. In Miles's absence, and I, I, I think I can speak for Miles because he is. He is genuinely sick tonight. Um, I think we can speak on Miles' behalf and say that, um, well, while we never try to push our political opinions on on anybody, I mean, like we never even discuss our own political views on this show. However, it is it, it is of unbelievable importance in this election that, like, this is my opinion, unbelievable importance in this election that regardless of who you vote for you should register to vote and the people of britain sorry should register to vote because 15 million people failed to vote in the last general election and it was a travesty (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i mean well a travesty that that many people had the exact same argument of why would why should i vote it won't matter it's i'm one voice so yeah but if 15 million people are one voice it won't make a difference yeah. anyways yeah. i mean i like we we've tried to keep we we actually made a kind of pledge to keep politics mm. out of this podcast I th- however i think we have to stay though at this point stand up and be counted because people died for you to have that right and to say that your vote won't matter how do you know how do you know you're not the important one mm-hmm. yes um I, 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 I can't follow that I can't follow that up with anything um, so we are going to talk about the Eurovision Song Contest which is coming up on I think it's April the 11th and we said we wouldn't be political yeah we said we weren't going to be political so we're going to talk about the Eurovision Song Contest first uh, this year Britain is being represented by Lucy Jones doing a song called Never Give Up On You yes um, Ian, opinions? Um, she's a good singer. It's a good song, but I am waiting for the beat to drop the entire way through the song, and it doesn't. And I imagine in about two years' time, or maybe a year, in the nightclubs of England, when they bring out the dance version, <laughs> if I get round to hearing that one, that'll be the one where I go, that's what should have been in Eurovision. What I worry about is... I mean, I, I worry about... Like, I'm talking about Eurovision like it's something I genuinely worry about, but it is something I genu- genuinely worry about because nothing kind of 
unifies the disparate United Kingdom like the sense the collective sense of injustice oh god yeah <laughs> every time you at hear the, at the end of yeah. Yeah, well it's just like at the end of the Eurovision Song Contest and you know some 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 act that you've never heard of from from like Azerbaijan who has genuinely won it did we get this like genuinely won it like yeah. l- legitimately won it yeah um we get this sense of kind of national pride. It's the only time we ever get national pride apart from like football tournaments. David Blaine. David we, had, we had national pride for that. Yeah. And we get this sense of injustice and we moan about it for about... We moan about it for about two or three days. Yeah. And then it's gone. Well, usually because we were wrongly given nil poids by a bunch of countries that hate us because, you know... To be fair, the last They're time Bezies. To be fair, the last time I remember us getting like nothing. Yeah. Was was um two thousand and three, I think. And it was Gemini. Which yeah, was an act from I, I vaguely remember them. It was an act from Liverpool which I uh, <laughs> obviously obviously, you know, stings particularly uh, yeah. particularly like Sharpie but I, I went to school with one of them one of, one of those uh, one of those performers and it was they said it was because they didn't put their monitors on they couldn't hear anything ah. they couldn't hear the music that's why they were so bad because everyone else was quite good yeah it's like but they couldn't hear the music that was playing I mean they were like genuinely capable singers yeah so, so Eurovision sabotage is probably a thing here because it's not the first time I've heard that yes okay. <laughs> where the, the studio version and the live version were two totally different animals because uh, I don't know maybe rigged acoustics yeah but anyway so Al, uh, so Lucy Lucy Jones Lucy, Lucy Jones um, how do you raise your chances Ian like I mean I think it's a it is a genuinely it's, right, lovely it's, song yeah it's a genuinely lovely song but I think there's going to be some sort of novelty act where I don't know some uh, a team of five people come out and they're dressed as robots but they're just like and uh, rubbish bins that have been beaten up and made into robot suits with mask and tape um, singing about how much they love uh, Estonia yeah yeah and they're gonna win <laughs> yeah, probably because they'll be the, the highly entertaining novelty act and what's well, happened before wasn't well, did, it, did the Russian grannies win the Russian I, I don't know oh, like there was a fellow with a beard that won recently um also, uh, there was Israel. Israel won, which I beg the question: How on earth Israel is in Eurovision? Australia's in Eurovision. Yeah, but they got into the quarterfinals. That's mental. But uh, it's the the EBU, isn't it? The uh, European Broadcasting Union. Yeah. That like gets them in. But um, anyway, so but I remember um, Dana International winning it in like mm. nineteen ninety. I remember the name. I don't, Seven, rem- I don't remember saying them. Like, but Darren International, uh, she was a transgender um, performer. She won, and that caused like absolute chaos. Um, good song, yeah. it was, Like that was the thing. It was the last like good song that actually yeah. won it. Um, Lordy, I remember Lordy. Lordy, Lordy, two thousand and was that two thousand five? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I just remember hearing Lordy were in the Eurovision Song Contest, and then listened to him and went, "Oh man, Eurovision's gone hardcore." 
So Lodi was the first time I realised that there, there was a semi-final in the Eurovision Song Contest and um, somebody called me and said this ridiculous like black metal kind of guag I, I don't even know how to how do you describe Lodi? Uh, I would describe him as excellent <laughs> because I, thir- I thoroughly enjoyed them being at Eurovision <laughs> Well somebody had told me like they won this semi-final I didn't even realise it was going to be a semi-final um, and then my friend called me and he told me that okay these these people are this band are probably going to win Eurovision because they are so ridiculously novel that Eurovision isn't going to know like, how yeah, to deal with yeah. these people it, it, and they'll just see them and go um, well, just give them points we, we don't know and the thing was they were they were genuinely brilliant it was a genuinely good song and Europe, <laughs> Europe voted to make them the champions of that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, they were genuinely good. Um, it was a genuinely great song, um, and Finland won the Eurovision Song Contest. I think for me, one of the things that like really took away from it was when uh, so Terry. Uh, departed. Oh God, love him. Yeah, because he he made Eurovision for me, and it was he was he was basically our voice back at us. <laughs> yeah, he was the sarcasm yeah. of of and the the rational and normal people yeah. watching. He was he was to Eurovision what John McLean is to Die Hard. <laughs> and it just the, the Die Hard line that uh, where the moment in Die Hard where John McLean is escaping from the room and he goes, "Why didn't you? Uh, why didn't you kill him, John? Why didn't you kill him, John?" He's like, "Cause then you'd be dead too." And he uh, Bruce Willis, uh, John McLean does that the entire way through Die Hard so that you don't ever have to ask the question. Terry Walken is that what well, was that to Eurovision? It's like he, the looks he would give. It is with the slightest comment. Like, yep, that is exactly what I'm thinking, Terry. You've hit the nail on the head. He was sharp, wasn't he? Oh, I God, yeah. I remember, but, but also he was quite blunt, because Terry Wogan would, would be the first to admit that he would get drunk doing that show. Yeah. And, um, Can you blame him? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> I remember the one that was hosted in Riga in Latvia, and um, the host, who was particularly obnoxious, the male host, not obnoxious, he was just this overly kind of ow it was this overly kind of like so Ian so Ian how do you uh, how do you rate our chances this year um, we're not going to win I don't think that's going to happen um, I think that too much of Europe have buddied up uh, and I think that certain parts of Europe are not happy with us right now and I think that's going to play a part in Eurovision. If it was down to the song, well, you know, someone in Europe might be another Lordy. There might be another set of Russian grandmothers. Yeah, it's a good song, though. It is a good song, but I don't believe we're going to win Eurovision with it. I mean, I kind of, like, half believe that we can win Eurovision, and I don't know why I say, oh, we should win, we could win Eurovision, because... It's ridiculous. It's fundamentally ridiculous. Like, the Eurovision Song Contest has been going for God knows how many Ever. years. And it is fundamentally stupid and ridiculous. But 
there's something in me as 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 a uh, a citizen of the United Kingdom that makes me really 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 want to win it like yeah. every year there's a, if I'm, we don't win it I just think it's, a, it's, it's an injustice it's an absolute injustice I think this comes down to whenever Europe turns around and tells us stuff like you know you've got the highest team pregnancy rates so go you are the worst like, uh, uh, think again sir we are the best mm-hmm. <laughs> we conquered the world <laughs> I don't know it's just it does it does kind of it does kind of inspire a certain a certain kind of patriotism in a, like in myself like a, a particularly unpatriotic man um, it, I just I just love I just love it <laughs> I love the Eurovision Song Contest right we're gone so Ian can yeah. you think about any actually good songs that came from the Eurovision Song Contest right was there Walking on Sunshine did we have that one in it no that was um, Katrina of the Waves yeah but that was like years after I, I know it was years did. after they originally did it well they did a song called Love Shine a Light ah uh, which yeah. was awful it was a genuinely awful song um, genuinely like, like, I can't express this enough I can't express yeah. how shit this song was but it it won the Origin Song Contest so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think if you look at actually good good songs that I think we have to go back in the day when ABBA were doing it well Waterloo was a yeah. good song Waterloo was genuinely a good song yeah. um, and, it, and it was the springboard for ABBA who are the greatest pop band of all time in my opinion I must say it is in my opinion but no good song has ever won the Eurovision Song Contest I mean you'll never look at the Eurovision Song Contest uh, winner other than Lordy Lordy (laughs) Hard Rock Hallelujah or maybe Waterloo and you'll look back and think that was an absolute classic Ian? Uh, yeah I'd I'd have to agree with that given (laughs) that in all honesty I don't recall a whole lot of Eurovision I remember watching it getting drunk but the thing it, is, being outraged the thing was Eurovision for me it was like it was the night you were allowed to stay up late so tonight we want to end this podcast with um, bollocks yes big bollocks <laughs> so we want, to, we want to end this podcast with um, a deciding point now maybe you can help us decide this point um, via Twitter, via Facebook, or however you decide to listen to this podcast, we want to decide the uh, we want to decide the great which is the better Bill and Ted. Is it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Now, both of which are absolutely beautifully brilliant films. Um, so, Ian, can you can you summarize? Excellent Adventure and I'll summarise Bogus Journey. Excellent Adventure is the story of two people who are failing at history and if they fail at history then they fail with uh, the entire year they will be kicked out of school um, and Ted will have to go to a military academy thus splitting up the greatest rock band that ever lived Wild Stallions therefore a person from the future Rufus comes back in time and gives them a time travelling phone booth for them to travel around the around history, so they can get an A on their history report. 
and hilarity ensues. Okay, now that was a brilliant film. Now, Ian, can you? Uh, I was going to say I was going to do it. Ian, can you summarise Bogus Journey? Uh, in Bogus Journeys, uh, Bill and Ted uh, going to the Battle of the Bands <laughs> with with their princess girlfriends, who they basically well rescue slash abducted from the past from medieval England. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, t- thus causing a paradox. Yeah. Uh, and then two evil robots from the future who look exactly like Bill and Ted, uh, called Evil Bill and Evil Ted. Uh, they kill good. Uh, they kill Bill and Ted, uh, causing Bill and Ted to have to go throughout the afterlife, battle death, battle the forces of hell, and then eventually come uh, go to heaven, come back, and then war ensues between. Bill and Ted, bad robot Bill and Ted, good robot Bill and Ted, and then the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you've had a summary of Bill and Ted. Um, so, Ian. Yeah. Which is your favourite? Bogus Journeys. Bogus Journeys. Like, a lot of people say Bogus Journey is a better film. Like, I mean, it is. I mean... Okay, ob- ob- objectively, yeah, it is. It's a better made film, but for me, it's uh, at the end they win. They job done. The the universe is saved. Uh, how often do you get that in a film? And also, uh, Steve Vai on guitar. <laughs> I I remember when because uh, I bought the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack, and then they did the original Kiss version of God Gave Rock and Roll. You know, I went oh. That was not the original Kiss yeah. version. The original was written by a band called was it Argent or Ardent? Um, it was a cover version. Yeah, well, the, it was the Kiss version on on the album. Mm. Uh, I remember because the Kiss version comes in, it goes boing boing, mm. and that's mm. about it. But then you've got uh, in the film you've got Steve Vodge absolutely thrashing guitar, and you're there going, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And Rufus, who, who uh, played by the late George Carlin, he plays guitar exceptionally well at the end of Excellent Adventures, and so he's there just going, "Yes, yes, the band is ready." So you know it's good shit. Watching this as a child. I mean, it was exceptionally good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm always going to be an excellent adventure fan because because it's it's possible it, it, it's it's possibly the most unique film. Yeah, I have ever seen. It's no film was ever like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I was a I was a eleven year old. Yeah, and there was a, there were two kids who went into history. The past. I mean, I can't. I can't explain it. It's dead air. Yeah. No, but I, 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 like genuinely, genuinely think it. It is a, a, a standalone masterpiece. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure it is. It's so ridiculously good. Oh, there, there are so many moments. <laughs> it's in just as well. so funny. It's just so funny. It's so ridiculously standalone good. It's. I, I love the when they're doing the history report and Sigmund Freud is doing uh, the <laughs> the psych report on Ted, and it's all about Ted's dad putting uh, just transferring everything down onto him, and then he turns to Bill and goes, "Bill, your turn." He goes, "No, nah, I've got a minor Oedipal complex." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course he does. Miss is his stepmom. <laughs> yeah. I love the way Ted sits up and goes, "Whoa." <laughs> By the way, listeners, we have a friend called Jesse who is the living embodiment of, of Ted. Ted. Oh, Ted, Ted, Theodore Logan. Yeah, um, 
and well, we 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 really want to get him on this podcast. We genuinely, genuinely, yeah. would love to get him on this podcast, and he would talk about how agriculture is an environment. Anyways, yeah. Um, um, but also, uh, when they're at the shopping mall, <laughs> and uh, Genghis Khan goes, he, he just attacks a sporting goods department. <laughs> um, oh, and there uh, when. Uh, Sigmund Freud's there with Socrates and Billy the Kid and the two girls he's talking to call him a geek and Socrates just goes geek yeah all we are is dust in the wind dude dust wind dude (laughs) mind blown (laughs) yeah it's true Bill and Ted Bill and Ted was an amazing film yeah. however um, what we must not forget is that Alex Winter who has made some amazing documentaries Alex Winter Alex Winter was an area film Alex Winter was an area film called The Lost Boys mm. now that was an absolute fucking 80s classic I mean, I can't believe in the last podcast I didn't even give that film a nod. Oh, he had such a good mullet as well. He had a lovely mullet. They all did, except the main guy. But, uh, yeah, the the history report, like, right at the very end, because you've got the what, the first guy who's just like, Shandy was for, for Bob Rules! And everybody goes, woo! But then you've got Bill and Ted doing this, and Billy the Kid gets everyone's attention by shooting out a light and then once he's done that everybody's on board and it's the reasoning behind why they like San Dimas and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Joan of aerobics is really good for uh, getting yourself in shape for war Genghis Khan likes Twinkies it is it is an absolute classic it, 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 it is without question a classic film I, I think for me it comes down to the cast For uh, they've got William Sadler as Death and weirdly, is the British guy in Borg's Journeys, in the, when they go around the world and everybody's watching TV. Joss Ackland is Chuck Denomalous. Is that the guy from the? Um, that's the fella from the the Pet Shop Boys videos. Ooh, I don't know. Cut this out. And hmm. um, yeah, Joss Ackland is the guy from Lethal Weapon Two: yeah, Diplomatic yeah. Immunity. That kind of. Yeah, the big guy, big, bald, bald yeah. deep voice fella. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, he's Chuck Anomalous, William Sadler as uh, as Death. Uh, it's just, oh, and, and also like when they have to go to hell and deal with all the stuff there. It took me on more of a roller coaster because in Excellent Adventures, there's always the assumption that they're gonna make it. Yeah. And in Bogus Journeys, while yeah, they're always they're always gonna make it, but it's scary in parts. Because they're in hell. Yeah. And oh the part where they're screaming and they're falling down. I love that bit where they're going, ah, ah forever and then they stop and score. Um it's a really long way down. Yeah. You wanna play twenty questions? Okay. <laughs> because they are morons. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all we know is that we know nothing. Dude, that sounds like us. So which is the better Bill and Ted? Is it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Bill and Ted's Bogus Jane?